Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 96, recorded Monday, October 24th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Well, hello again, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cinterpino. Well, we are just back from an absolutely amazing dive trip down to Little Cayman, where we stayed at the Little Cayman Beach Resort. Reef Divers is a great dive shop down there, and we had some fantastic diving on Bloody Bay Wall, and then we went over to Cayman Brack for our dive on the Tibbets, which was a little bit of a challenge. Little Cayman just never disappoints, and we always have a large group of divers come down with us. Now next week, I will be headed down to Orlando for the DEMA show. I'm really looking forward to the show, and getting to connect with so many people from our industry. It will certainly be a full four days, and my calendar is pretty full already. I've already tagged all the exhibitors that I want to visit. Not sure if there'll be a lot of time left over, and I'm really uh, looking forward to being on Tech Clark's Power of Podcasting panel discussion. On today's show, I want to tell you all about our trip to Little Cayman, our stay at the Little Cayman Beach Resort, and our week of diving with reef divers. But up first is Wet Notes, my news and information update. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, October 24th, 2022. First up today, do you remember tie-dye? Well, I do. It was a big fashion statement when I was growing up. Maybe you were a fan of the Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia in his tie-dye t-shirt. Well, now you can get your tie-dye on with a custom Halcyon wing. Yes, they have just released a new color, tie-dye. We got an email from them earlier this month that said they are headed back to the 1960s and 70s. Now you can customize your wing. You can either do the front of the wing or the back of the wing or just the gusset with the tie-dye fabric. Now, if you go to the Halcyon website, you can check out the various color combinations and play around with how you might want to customize your wing. So, if you're a fan of tie-dye, here's your chance to get your own customized Halcyon tie-dye wing. Not sure how long this is going to last, so check it out now. In case you're wondering if things are returning to normal after the pandemic, here's another example of things getting back to normal. Divers Alert Network is planning to have their Dan party at the DEMA show this year. I've not ever had the chance to attend the Dan party, but I'm thinking about heading over there on Tuesday, November 1st. They're inviting folks for some conversation, drinks, and fun. It starts at 6.30 at the Rosen Center Ballroom Grand C, and it runs until 
just another great activity at the Dima Show. I saw a story that was recently published by the Daily Mail about the discovery of a World War I German U-boat that sank 100 years ago. The SMU-111 was a 235-foot-long sub and was part of the German Imperial Navy. It is credited with sinking three Allied merchants during the Great War. It supposedly sank in 1,600 feet of water, but Eric Petkovic on the RV Explorer found the sub in about 400 feet of water, some 40 miles off the coast of Virginia. I guess after the war, a lot of the German fleet was scrapped, but a few vessels were saved so that they, the, the Allies could learn about the German diesel technology. There wasn't any information on exactly how the submarine sank, but it's an interesting story. Last time here on Wet Notes, I told you about the drop in scuba diving participation rates as contrasted against other water sports. Well, I came across an article in Dive Newswire about how the Travel and Adventure Show is going to have a dedicated dive and water sports pavilion at their upcoming shows. According to the Travel and Adventure Show website, they are going to have about 30 booths in the pavilion, with exhibitors from around the world offering vacation experiences in scuba diving, paddle sports, snorkeling, and surfing. They have shows in Chicago, Boston, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, San Francisco, Atlanta, and Dallas. I checked out the pricing on the Boston show that runs January 21st and 22nd, 2023, and it's at the Heinz Convention Center. Now, the tickets are reasonably priced for a one-day pass at $16 or a two-day pass for $24. There's also some early bird options. Perhaps that would be a great way to spend a cold New England winter weekend. Now, here's something that I found quite interesting. I came across an article on the sciencenews.org website, and it was titled, Sea Sponges Launch Slow-Motion Snot Rockets to Clean Their Pores. They had an interesting short time-lapse video on how the Caribbean tube sponge uses contractions that they call sneezes to eject mucus from its pores. Now, these sneezes aren't like the way we humans sneeze. The sponges slowly and continuously secrete debris-laden mucus from their pores, and it might take one contraction between 20 to 50 minutes to complete. Scientists are continuing to study the way the sponges get rid of the mucus. They really didn't know that it was through the same pores that also take in the water for filtering. So once again, the next time I'm out on the reef, I plan to take a very close look at various sponges to see if I can de detect their slow motion sneeze. And now this is just one more fascinating thing to observe when you're out there diving. And finally, a couple of weeks ago, we got an email from the Atlantis Philippine Dive Resorts and Liveaboards, and it was, had the subject line, Doing Good is in Our Core. The email outlined some of the various unique programs that they are conducting at their resorts. 
First, they talked about the coral nursery that they have just established at Atlantis Dumaguete in collaboration with the Coral Restoration Foundation, the Loveland Living Planet Museum, and the Mead Foundation. Now, you can take part of the, uh, in the coral restoration in the Philippines with one dive. So divers who are going out to Atlantis Dumaguete can choose to devote one dive to clean the coral trees, populate the nurseries with new coral fragments, or assist in data collection in preparation for planting corals out on the reef. Now we're headed out there to Dumaguete for our 10-day stay at Atlantis next October. So this will definitely be something that I'm going to try to do. It will be great to be diving with a purpose. And I can't wait to get back to the Philippines. Well, that's it for this installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. So we're back from our one-week trip down the Little Cayman Beach Resort and diving with reef divers. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it was absolutely awesome. We planned this trip well over a year ago, and it took quite a bit of effort on Donna's part to make it happen. Logistically, Little Cayman is more difficult to get to than other dive destinations, and getting 30 people there makes it all the more difficult. You have to make it down to Grand Cayman and then take the small plane over to Little Cayman. With a large group, this is sometimes a challenge. Now, we had hoped that we could take the direct flight on Cayman Air out of JFK like we did the last time. Unfortunately, Cayman Air does not make that flight on a Saturday. The flight runs on Sunday, and this time, Little Cayman Beach Resort did not give us the option to run a Sunday-to-Sunday trip like we did in 2019. So that had us scrambling for flights. Our goal was to fly to Grand Cayman on Cayman Air and in, you know, out of Miami. Finally, our partners at Quest Dive Adventures found us a group flight from Hartford to Miami, and it looked like we were all set. But then we got word that Cayman Air changed their flights, so we needed to head to Miami Friday afternoon with a stop in Philadelphia. We spent the night in Miami and then headed to Grand Cayman early Saturday morning. The group split into two to take the small plane to Little Cayman, and we all finally arrived by 6 p.m. on Saturday, a bit exhausted, but very happy to be back at the Little Cayman Beach Resort. We kicked off our diving on Sunday. The trip called for two morning boat dives with a single tank afternoon dive. Well, reef divers did a really smart thing for our first day. They switched up the diving with a one-tank morning dive, followed by a two-tank afternoon dive. That gave them the, the chance to do a boat briefing at the bar where they could get everybody on the same page. It also allowed for the bags that got stuck in Cayman Brack to make it over to the island so everyone had their dive gear. They also allowed us to, uh, to get everybody uh, up to speed on the nitrox procedures and then settle everyone on the boat. It was a nice call. Now our group had 27 divers and three non-divers. There are marine park rules that only allow 20 divers per boat, so we had two scuba shack boats. 
Don and I took the lead on Paradise Diver, while Monty took Island Diver. For us, most of our diving was off Little Cayman in the Bloody Bay Wall Marine Park. There are a few spots that we visited that were not in the Marine Park, and that was based on some conditions like current or visibility. Now, part of the package also includes a trip over to Cayman Brack to dive the Tibbets. I've mentioned that here on the show on Your Next Dive. Sometimes the trip over to the Brack can be a bit choppy, but when we went over, the seas were dead flat calm, and we got there in about 40 minutes. I've done the Tibbets several times, but our dive this time was a bit challenging. We tied into the mooring ball on the bow and quickly realized there was a fairly strong current. The dive staff thought it might be a surface current and that it would dissipate once we hit the 30 to 40 foot mark. That was not the case. It was a very strong current that made the dive a bit of a challenge. Just goes to show that the ocean can be very unpredictable. Now we were very fortunate to absolutely have some spectacular weather for the entire week. The seas were very calm and the water temperatures were consistent 85 degrees Fahrenheit. I could take those conditions all day long. Our visibility was always 80 to 100 feet, although there were some times the sand would kick up and things got a little milky looking. On one specific dive at the mixing bowl, I looked back over the reef and it looked like the sandstorm was coming in. Donna and I experienced that the last time we were here, where conditions deteriorated quite rapidly. Once again, you have to respect the ocean. One of my favorite sites this trip was Maryland's Cut. This is right at the end of the main wall, where it then splits into the Jackson Bite section. The wall was stunning. I could not believe the growth of the various sponges all up and down the wall. When I shined my solar light onto the wall, the colors just popped out. Unfortunately, the batteries in my strobe died, and I didn't get any good shots on the wall. Another dive site that was really a fun place was called Martha's Finyard. One of the really cool things about this dive site was the large amount of staghorn coral that is uh, thriving after outplanting. That's something we just don't see anymore. Another interesting dive site is Mixing Bowl. This is where the wall and Jackson Bite do meet. On the wall, there was a large sponge growing horizontally off the wall, and there was a very large lobster sitting inside. Rays, turtles, and eels all on the same dive site, and that was pretty incredible. After we did the Tibbets, we wanted to do something a little less strenuous, so Jill, our captain, took us to Barracuda Bight. This site features what they call the Boulevard of Barrel Sponges, and as we came off the wall, we encountered a patch of pillar coral, again, something you just don't see a lot of these days. So here's the list of all of our dive sites. We did Mike's Mount, Donna's Delight, Joy's Joy, Lee Lee's Lookout, Martha's Vineyard, Marilyn Cut, Jackson Reef and Wall, Dot's Hotspot, The Tibbets, Barracuda Bite, Great Wall West, Cascades, Ann's Attic, Bush Gardens, Black Hole, and Soto Trader. 
For those of you that have been to Little Cayman before, I hope this brings back some great memories. I can't say enough good things about reef divers. The team is amazing. Jill is a fantastic boat captain and dive leader. Her personality and ability to engage with our group was outstanding. She made it a lot of fun. And Sharon runs a great dive operation and also was on our boat for several days of diving. David came aboard on Tuesday and took us on some great deeper dives. The crew worked hard and did everything to make our diving fun. And it's a sad day when you have to leave the boat for the last time and say goodbye to the crew. One thing you won't be at Little Cayman Beach Resort is hungry. The kitchen and dining room staff do a wonderful job preparing a wide range of, of, of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. The food and service is top-notch. Breakfast started every day at 6.45, with lunch beginning at 12.30, and you wrap up your day of dining with dinner at 6.30. I found myself going back quite a bit for just one more chocolate chip cookie. I also forgot just how nice the rooms are at the resort. They're very well maintained and yet plenty of space. We had a pool view room this time and it was right on the corner of the first building on the second floor. Not only did we get a great view of the pool and all the activity at the bar, this room also offered a bit of an ocean view where we could watch some amazing sunrises. There were a number of activities at Beach Nuts Bar. On Monday, we had the manager's reception where they introduced us to a number of the staff. Wednesday night featured the trivia contest, and finally on Friday was karaoke night. Also, some of our travel group went to the Central Caribbean Marine Institute for a tour after we finished up our dive schedule. Finally, I want to give a special shout out to Tamara Doyle, who is officially the assistant resort manager. She seemed to be everywhere. I really do hope that soon she will officially be the resort manager. I remember Tamara from our uh, last trip in 2019, where she gave us an amazing presentation on the iguanas on Little Cayman. Well, we waited a really long time to get back to Little Cayman Beach Resort, but I got to tell you, it was very much worth the wait. So there it is. What a spectacular week of diving. Many of the folks in our group are ready to head back. We just need to find a little time to fit it into our schedule. So many places to dive, so little time. Well, that wraps up episode 96 of Scuba Shack Radio. And now it's off to the DEMA show 2022. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with a wrap-up on the show. Until then, thanks again for listening. And safe diving, everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. 
Talk to you next time.